a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Back, Rebels and Imperials, to Force Ghost Coast to Coast. My name is Brian. With me, as always, are Liz and Matt. And we are here with our thoughts on the last two episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi, which just debuted this morning as we're recording on Disney+. Plus. Um, So I, I want to start off by saying that uh, Kathleen Kennedy came out today and said that a second season of the show is possible but not planned. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we very well could get more Obi-Wan. But let's talk about this, if we can, as simply a uh, a self-contained entity, okay? So this was, this was a show that was six episodes long that is the only stuff we're going to get between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope in terms of live-action Obi-Wan Kenobi. Do you folks feel satisfied with the six-episode series that we got. Yes. Yeah, uh, I I do as well. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I really hope that they don't show more. I don't don't need any more. Um, The only... uh, Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) I, I, I I think it did what it was supposed to do, and it actually tied up a lot of loose ends and um i don't i don't know what a second season would be maybe yoda but i don't uh i don't see anything that they need to do i tend to agree i this series these six episodes were more expansive than i anticipated them to be i really thought obi-wan would mainly be on tatooine um, and I, you know, I, I, I think, um, I, him traveling around, I mean, it was interesting and I, you know, in my heart, I would like some more, but ultimately I, I just think it would, um, I don't know if mess with things is the right phrase, but I'm satisfied with what we have. And I, I think, I think it's good to leave it here. Well, I, I think it's, um, hmm. I think it's interesting because on one hand, I had said before this even started that there should, should be one season and that's it. Because I thought the story that the one season will be telling would be Obi-Wan as this sort of desert ronin on Tatooine, communing with Qui-Gon Jinn, you know, recovering his strength and his confidence to bring, you know, to... um to bring us to the point of a new hope. We didn't get that show. And so I part of me, the illogical part of me still wants to see that show. Like I think mm-hmm. that that show could still be interesting. I just think that this is probably for the best putting it away as sort of, you know, this is this is what it is. Although both you and McGregor and Hayden Christensen said they'd be up for more. Mm-hmm. My one note on Hayden Christensen is Vader can never see Obi Wan again. Agreed. Like I, I and what we're, we're gonna get into that in a little while. Um, but I think that that's one thing I would definitely 
I would definitely have to really agree on. I can't imagine there being. I I I, I just cannot imagine that there would be a a way for Obi Wan and Vader to meet yet again and have a New Hope feel the same way. Yeah, but I, I would a hundred percent sign up for more Fall of Anakin flashbacks. Yes, even if. Even if I think we can all admit that Hayden Christensen did not pull off the 22-year-old look. Uh, <laughs> Listen, all that he well. did better than uh, What's-His-Face in Fast and Furious, okay? <laughs> I'll take your word for that. Yeah. Um, yeah, wait wait, wait for Fast 6 when you uh, work through them. Okay. okay. Yeah, there's a scene that's supposed to take place like seconds after the third movie, but was filmed like 15 years after. <laughs> yeah. Um, and look, I am not hating on Hayden Christensen. First of all, I think Hayden Christensen, this is by far the best he's ever been in a Star Wars movie or Star Wars mm-hmm. anything. Um, mm-hmm. Both in that flashback and in the little bit, like in the finale, we see a little bit of him, like his voice mixed with James Earl Jones's voice uh, when the mask is kind of half mm-hmm. off. And I thought, you know, all that was handled really well. And I'm really happy for that guy because it is not his fault that George Lucas wrote him the worst dialogue in the history of the world, right? Like, um, So I'm happy that he's going to be part of Ahsoka. I'm happy that he's part of this. I'm happy that Star Wars has brought him back into the fold. Uh, at this point, all I have to say is hashtag justice for Jake Lloyd. We have to find a way to get that kid back involved. Mm-hmm. Um, because that that guy, supposedly being Darth, being Anakin Skywalker, like, ruined his life. Like, Ugh. you know, and so... yeah. Let, let, let's do what we can for that guy because that's just not fair. Um, but, you know, let's talk about sort of the, the big pieces. So last time we had spoken, I guess we had just seen the sort of second Saving Leia episode. The first episode two, he Ooh. saves Leia. Yeah. And then episode four, he saves Leia. Episode five is very much spent in the um, in that like camp for the path where people are being held uh, to try and get them off and, and be saved. And yeah, episode five is where the writers realized they had six episodes and just needed to kind of <laughs> yes. get there. As I said to a friend of the podcast, former guest Zach Wilkerson today, I think that Star Wars makes everything 20% too long to encourage fan edits. But like this show... <laughs> this show spent at least... A full hour doing nothing, um, which can be easily be cut out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so w- let's talk about episode five first. That's the episode where you find out that Reva is um, is, is not hunting Vader, but rather is rather not not hunting Obi Wan, but hunting Vader, and is trying to to kill him. I think that that basically confirms what Matt had said as as soon as. We found out that she was one of the younglings in the beginning. I was like, "Oh, Matt called this 100." percent So, mm-hmm. first of all, congratulations, Matt. I appreciate you. your you. Uh, your prognostication skills. You're a regular Punxsutawney mm-hmm. Phil over here. There um, we go. Yeah, and... it, it, it's the Star Wars Occam's lazy razor. So. <laughs> yeah, that's actually very true. Um, mm-hmm. But what do we think of that, Liz? Uh, what did you think of that revelation of Riva sort of trying to to slowly rope a dope Vader into into her clutches? Um, I enjoyed this episode and I liked the, um, the, the switch here, um, with Reva when we find out her true 
motivations for what she's doing. Um, and I, you know, I liked sort of the, um, interaction we got between Obi-Wan and Reba here in this fifth episode, um, where he tried to, uh, sort of convince her, um, of what she needed to do because of her past. Um, but I, I like this change in the character. It sort of gave us some more information. I think we were all wondering as to why she was so intent um on doing what she was doing so intent on trying to please vader um and i i thought this was you know satisfying i, I liked this matt i um it's one of those things that i like in theory but an execution just falls apart uh, i will say if a young child can survive a lightsaber through the stomach then there's probably a lot more Jedi that survived Order 66 than we thought. Because if I was going to put down odds on who survived, it would not have been any of those kids in that room. So um, now, here's my question. <laughs> I, I I have tried to watch each of these episodes twice before, before writing about them, but last week I was in Atlanta for work, so I could not do that. And did it actually go through her stomach, or did she, like, did it go through, like, was she able to do that thing the kids do when they're playing with swords where you put it between your side and your arm and you hold your arm real tight so it looks like the sword <laughs> is sticking out there? Like, do we have definitive proof that it went through her belly? I don't. That's a good question. And actually, uh, w which stabbing from Vader are we talking about? The one when she's a child or the one when she's an adult? I'm talking about the one when she's a child right now. Oh, that I don't know. I was going to say, I think it's hinted and online is kind of whatever that Quinlan Voss saved some of the younglings. There's a theory including Grogu. Um, so, she, you know, there. if she could survive a stabbing, which you see a lot of people survive lightsaber wounds in this show, um, you know, so anything could happen. I don't know. I don't I don't know if if it's revealed exactly what happened there, but she got something with a lightsaber. Mm -hmm. yes. survived then took her revenge by eventually at some point killing vader despite having been in his presence multiple times before that um and there definitely has to be easier ways to bait vader your number one jedi hunter than spending 10 years hunting down a guy who probably was dead. But yeah, I, I I think that if you try to think too much about her motivations, all of this starts to fall apart a little bit. Um, not in terms of like her motivation for wanting to be wanting revenge on Vader. Obviously, we understand why she's doing that. But I think mm -hmm. that the plan itself, like you said, kind of falls apart. If yeah. you if she you aggressively murders a lot of people slash Jedi working her way towards revenge for a guy who killed Jedi. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's like, it's different than the Inquisitor. The Inquisitor was corrupted by the seed of doubt he had in the Jedi, and eventually that's turned against um, them. I guess for her, her blind rage is fed into my the dark side 
Um, yeah, I, I mean, you know, to, I, I just finished watching The Empire Strikes Back with my son Ben recently. And, you know, in that they keep talking about fear leads to hate or hate leads to fear, fear leads to the dark side, right? So you figure mm. if, if she's just so blinded by her hatred for Vader, I understand why maybe that would put her off to or to put her down a path that isn't really the most like logical path. But it's still it's still kind of lazy. And there's a few yeah. things in and, this and, that feel a little yeah. lazy. I was just saying, and if you want to get real um philosophical about it, we again see Obi-Wan and then what's transferred into Luke in their five minutes of connection. Um <laughs> is that a Jedi strength does not come from detachment. A Jedi strength comes from caring, from loving, from putting aside logic in grasping onto what matters, um, which is this Luke we see embrace that and then move away from it and then embrace it again. Um, so it's it's interesting that we're going back to that idea of, you know, attachment leads to evil, but maybe not, but kind of. Right, right. Well, we also, Obi-Wan also reinforces his line from A New Hope. He he almost says it verbatim in episode five. I believe he, it, I forget in which one he says there are there are alternatives to fighting. I believe that's what he says in episode four. But mm-hmm. he says something very similar in 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 the Obi Wan Kenobi episode, where he basically is encouraging Jedi and people to to not make it all about you know lightsabers and shit. Mm-hmm. Which again is a very Luke is one of the things that Luke picks up on from him as well. Yeah. Um. So let's let's talk about Leia for a minute. Leia is next on my list here. So we got most of our Leia stuff happened before the last two episodes, but I, I continue to think that the Leia presented here is, is quite good. I think the, the actress is excellent. And more than that, I think that this is, this gives us a really, really clear and sort of, um, It, it just it, this this feels like classic Leia to me. I guess is the way I want to put it. Like, I was afraid that when you meet a character years before you actually meet them, that they don't feel like the character that they're supposed to grow up to be. But to me, this was about as perfect as a little kid Leia as you could get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- this is the most Leia that we see Leia other than A New Hope. <laughs> Because like all strong female characters in Star Wars, except for Rey, their love of a douchebag <laughs> leads to their um, downfall. So, I mean, I wouldn't say that Leia's love for Han leads to her downfall. I don't know. She goes soft. <laughs> a discussion for a different day. Uh, Liz, what did you think of 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 Leia in these last few episodes? I I agree with all of the things um you know that you said Brian about Leia and I think it can be um uh you know I I don't know if dangerous is too strong a word but when you know you see another version of a character 
that is beloved in some sense. It can be, um, you know, maybe you don't really like the portrayal, but this one really worked. It felt like that is what Leia could have been like and, you know, I guess was like as a child. And I also really liked just her relationship with her parents, with both of them, um, the way there was like a give and take um, between them. You know, she was a child, but they did listen to her, you know, in some sense, um, raised her, you know, to see that she should be listened to. Obviously, as a child, she needs to be reprimanded. But, you know, there was that relationship there that I enjoyed. Um, and I also like that Obi-Wan learned a good deal from her as well. Yeah, I thought that their relationship was interesting. I was trying to think and, you know, <laughs> I do want to say this past episode, episode six, did a whole lot of work to convince us that A New Hope still makes sense. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. There, yeah. there are like multiple instances <laughs> of them just like, and here is why this line was said in this movie, right? Yes. Um, yeah. But the one thing that I feel is now going to be weird rewatching A New Hope is that, like, Leia knows Obi-Wan almost better than Luke does. And when he dies, I mean, she's she is mourning the death of her planet and her parents, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And just being tortured yes. intensely. Yes. Yeah. All of that. But... You know, I would still say that uh, you would think that the loss of Obi-Wan would mean something to her. And, you know, she's being there for Luke. So maybe maybe that's maybe she's just subsuming her feelings to mm -hmm. be there for her, uh, you know, for her new friend. Yeah. Um, Who clearly yeah. is just a whiny baby yeah. at that point. <laughs> she's comforting the whiny kid. Well, yeah. I also like to think that, maybe, you know, she is at this point a leader and she's got to get stuff done and move along. And maybe we don't get to see, mm -hmm. you know, the point where she's mourning. It is a little weak, but it's the best I can think of. Yeah. Um, uh, to make but, it you know, believable for me. There is the line where he basically says to her, like, no one can ever know that we met. That would be dangerous <laughs> for reasons. And then, uh, you know, so that that gives the the tone of her message that she sends to him in A New Hope a little bit of context. And yeah. uh, Obi-Wan, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Yes, exactly. You once served with my father. <laughs> uh, and then we get Vader calling Obi-Wan Master which I guess is to make sense of the line. When we last met, you were the master and I was the student. <laughs> like, I, I guess that's why he calls him master again. Um, but, you know, there there's a fair amount of work to, that, that is done in these episodes to make episode four still feel like it's not just totally nonsensical now mm -hmm. in pieces. It, yeah. And that's why I feel like there can't be another season. Right. Right, because yeah. of just all of these things from this one, just six episodes from this one season. <laughs> yeah, un unless unless it has nothing to do with Vader. Yeah, but yes. I feel like people wouldn't be satisfied with that. Exactly. Because there's also they wrote themselves an interesting piece where we again we assumed that Obi Wan was in exile on Tatooine, but it seems like Obi Wan's kind of freed himself from that responsibility. 
Yeah, I mean, he says to Bail Organa, like, if you need, you need me again, it's like, give me a ring, bro. Like, yeah. you know, he's, he's very casual yeah. about that from this guy yeah, who's living like, her, I think her hermetic life. Here, your wife seems to be able to take care of business, yeah. so. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Baru, man. Baru. Yeah. Justice for Baru. She has yeah, some agency. Yes. Should we call somebody? No, we got shotguns in this <laughs> wall. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, oh, you know, I, I do like that we got a little bit of Owen not being just an asshole. Because I feel like in A New Hope, Owen just comes off as, like, the worst stepdad in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we get a sense of him here that he really does care for Luke. When, when um, Reva says to him, like, you protect him as if he's your own, and he says he is my own. Like, that was that was... That was about as sentimental as I think Owen Lars gets. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we do get him introducing Ben to Luke, which was a nice moment. And if you if that scene started and you didn't know he was going to say hello there, <laughs> then I don't know what you're doing listening to this podcast. That was such a that was an alley for like, him to yeah. dunk it. Yeah, everyone, that's just, it was right there in front of you. Come on. Um, but you know I. I, I do want to talk about some of the the criticisms of, of the show in a minute, um, but before we do that, I, I want to just just circle back for a second to the idea of what Obi what the next ten years look like for Obi Wan, right? So we know that he will be communing with Qui Gon Jinn. We know that he that he has unlocked not just the power he had as a Jedi, but seemingly a reserve of of Force usage that he had never seen before. Uh, we see him like go doing almost exactly what Vader is doing, matching Vader move for move, and that is that is certainly not what we saw the last time we saw them interact. It was very clear that mm-hmm. Obi Wan was the better strategist, but that Anakin was the more powerful Jedi. That appears to have somewhat evened out. Now, part of that could be. Anakin doesn't isn't as in practice as he once was. He is also now machine more machine than man. You know, he probably is not as agile in that suit, etc. There's all those pieces to it. But if there was an Obi-Wan season two, I, I think you're right, Matt and, and Liz, both of you guys. I don't think you can involve Vader at all. But I don't know I don't know if Lucasfilm has the balls to put him into too many situations that like part of what made this season I think really fun and enjoyable is the surprise of him leaving Tatooine Mm -hmm. I don't know how many more times you can go back to that well and I also don't know how many other stories you can have Obi-Wan touch that people would care about yeah Uh, other than the hunting for uh, Mace Windu well, I could see that being a yes. I I could as well. Well, you know, one of the questions that that pops up when you're talking about people like Mace Windu, or if it's you know if Quinlan Voss finds him, all of that. There, there's again. I I just I don't want Star Wars to keep having to correct its dialogue, or, or not correct to add an asterisk and a new definition to its dialogue. Like for instance, again, I just watched Empire this weekend. When um, in at the in Empire, when Obi Wan says that boys are only hope, and Yoda says no, there is another. Like mm-hmm. we're supposed to think that's Leia, but I've read some theories that actually that's a Rebels character that Liz isn't really familiar with yet. That possibly that's 
who that is talking about. Um, yeah, well, yeah, cause there's a whole other branch of Jedi lineage that we're ignoring there. Also, there's I, I don't know. I just think Yoda, Yoda himself is very short sighted. Um, Pardon the pun. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but obviously, they hadn't even thought of those things. Of course, yes. Yeah. Again, we didn't know the two of them were siblings. Right. Um, even in the movie previous. So, um, but yeah, I, I mean, it, it could be ambiguous as to what Yoda, maybe Yoda meant Ray. Who knows? Right. I don't know. Sure. Sure. My point was that though, I, yeah. like if, if Mace Windu is still alive 10 years after, uh, episode three, then did something tragic happen to him in the intervening 10 years or is he still around but we just don't get to meet him like mm-hmm. even even luke speaking with obi-wan and yoda like i know that those are the only jedi that he knew mm-hmm. but he's like a jedi fanboy when we meet him in a new hope wouldn't qui-gon showing up be you know a good thing to show him i just yeah. I, I feel like the more <laughs> the more you add to this mythos the mm-hmm. more you have to explain away why there wasn't that stuff early on and i hate but also that. you're 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 telling me uh, again they have widened the net of how many jedi seem to have escaped there's the path that lead that is its sole purpose is rescuing jedi you're telling me that the only jedi that decided to train anyone was um caleb dune who wasn't even a jedi knight right that's crazy to me. Why? Just because he had three holocrons in his pocket when <laughs> Order 66 happened? Like, that's crazy to me. Right. I don't, uh... Oh, no, those were Ahsoka's holocrons. Anyway. But, like, <laughs> that that can't be the only person that's ever been trained as a Jedi post... Um... <laughs> in between Order 66 and Luke. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy to me. Yeah, so there's a lot of that. So that is, and I think that that is maybe the biggest downfall of this series is just the continued, the more you add to this, the more complicated it makes stuff that was once very simple. Yeah. Like when you think about um, Star Wars, I mean, yes, there are contradictions even between like A New Hope and Empire. There are some things that contradict themselves. But we're getting to the point now where (laughs) Princess Leah. Yes. Well, half the people call her Leah and half the people call her <laughs> Leia. And um, I noticed, too, that, you know, she calls him Han, except in Empire when she's near uh, Lando, she calls him Han. <laughs> so, you know, because Lando calls him Han. <laughs> I... <sighs> yeah. Um, but, you know, w- whatever. Um <laughs> But you know the the other 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 criticism I've heard of the series so far is that they felt like it was it was slightly dismissive of Obi Wan's trauma that he underwent. Like uh, again, friend of the podcast August in the Wake of Dawn tweeted out something like Obi Wan is a show about somebody who lived with great trauma until he decided not to. <laughs> like there really isn't. He doesn't go through any sort of like process to overcome 
the the horrible things that he went through he represses 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 and then at one point is like backed against the wall and so chooses to be better then and i think i think that might be overstating it a little bit but i understand that that sort of frustration that he doesn't really ever deal with the stuff he was feeling no i mean star wars in general is terrible with that we just talked early in the episode about how leia you know, watches her entire planet destroyed and bounces back 30 seconds later. Yeah. We we watch a solar system wiped out <laughs> and have nobody blink an eye afterwards. Yeah. Like, the, the people are either that callous in this world um, or it's really just not deep writing. Yes. Uh, or, or both. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, all right. So, so let, let's get into the the sort of the, the machinations of the last episode. So we see Riva go to Tatooine to presumably kill Luke. That that is her goal. <laughs> yeah, with, with only the thought of sticking it in Vader's eye by killing his son that he doesn't know exists. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, she's blinded by rage. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. But that that is, to me, one of the silliest parts of the whole show is that apparently Obi-Wan was only a 30-second speeder uh, or a spaceship ride away from Tatooine the whole time because <laughs> he, like, realizes what's happening, rushes off, and, and somehow beats Reva there. Like, I don't know how that, how that happens. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, Reva is somewhat redeemed in this episode. I, I, I think it's going to be shocking if Disney does nothing with Reva. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm just laughing because she chose mercy, just like Obi-Wan did, except those two things pan out very differently. <laughs> yes, they do. It's like, you left a little kid alive. I also left the most dangerous character in this universe alive. Yeah. We're Twice. both good people today. Twice. <laughs> It doesn't make any sense in this episode why Obi Wan leaves him alive. Yeah, I, I mean, because um, he has the moral high ground. It's also, I, you know what? I now believe Obi Wan could have beat Vader on the Death Star, but he didn't. He just wanted to give him a big suck it. I'm gonna have your kid kill you instead. <laughs> Uh, I don't disagree that he could have possibly killed him, but I think at that point Obi-Wan is A, exhausted, just ready for a nap, and uh, and B, I think he sees he sees this as Luke's fight now, right? Um, mm -hmm. But I'm with you, Liz. I, I think him leaving Obi-Wan alive, I mean, leaving Anakin alive, rather, is, is a I little mean, bit, you know, yeah. silly. But even in that moment, he's not Anakin anymore. He's fully Darth Vader. Right. And he's still like, nah, I'm not, nah, nah. I don't want this blood on my hands. Can we think of any justification for that? Continuity. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you know, he, he's in some stuff afterwards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but again, we do see the scene where the Emperor is like, hmm. Maybe having free will on your part is not smart, <laughs> right? Because um, yes. we had we had predicted last time there's got to be a clamping down 
of Vader a little bit, which is why we see him essentially a mindless killing drone next time in continuity. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm surprised at that because the the first time that we really spend any time with Vader once we know he's Anakin again I keep going back to Empire I just watched it is as soon as he realize as soon as he finds Luke and tells Luke who he is his next word is like but come with me we'll overthrow the emperor and we'll rule everything and I feel like that thought can't be brand new to him in that moment he has to have been festering that for a long time and if he's festering that thought then why is he listening to everything the emperor tells him to do Mm-hmm. Again, it's just it's just a little bit of uh, suspicious writing. Mm-hmm. Um, but what do we think of of Reva, Liz? What what do you hope we see from her in the future, or do you hope we don't see her again in the future? Um, that's a good question. That was something I was wondering after this episode if we would ever see her again in another series or anything like that. Um, we obviously don't see her in any of the. Uh, original trilogy movies um i i feel like it would be interesting to see where she winds up after all of this um you know in terms of the choices you know where she started um and the choices she made here i'd be interested in seeing that i I don't know what the chances are though um I, i guess we'll see it's it's weird because i think on one hand disney very much wants to make it clear to all the racists out there that they don't get to dictate who gets to be in Star Wars because they're just the fans mm-hmm. and Lucasfilm's made that decision. But I also feel like Lucasfilm was incredibly risk averse at this point in their existence. And so I don't know if they would want to make a series based around her just knowing that people are going to have such a shit fit over it. Mm-hmm. That's true. Which sucks. I know. It really sucks. Yeah. Uh, Matt, what did you think about Reva in this episode? I, 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 I mean, her story made no sense. Um, and I don't know where it would go after this because she doesn't really have a driving motivation, it would seem. She doesn't seem particularly anti-Empire. We know she doesn't, um, you know, fight back against the Inquisition because we see them in full force, including the characters we see on screen um, in a couple of years. Uh, so I don't I don't know where they would go with it. Um, but I wouldn't be opposed to it because I like the actress. Um, so that's fine with me. Uh but again, playing in this timeline is so risky um, because you know that there's major, major story beats right ahead. So you can't do anything major in it. So See, I actually think the place for her is the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Because I think you can make an argument that she wanted no part in the Galactic Civil War. Mm-hmm. And that she finds herself after that in, a, in an interesting position because 
Vader is dead. The last remnants of her rage are are likely gone because of his death. And where does she find herself now? And mm-hmm. I think that timeline, whether it's in the Ahsoka show or in the Mandalorian or, you know, I mean, I think ultimately if they had thought of this character first, I think this would essentially have been the Migna Wen character from uh, Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. Like this character makes perfect sense in that kind of a context, right? Like to be this sort of the muscle, the heavy of, of someone else. I think that could be interesting, but I don't, I don't know where that character plays out because I think that ultimately when you're talking about the original trilogy, we only get a sliver of the galaxy in that time, right? We only see the empire and the rebellion, but there are thousands of systems with people on it who are living their lives. What if, and hopefully Disney is listening. Actually, no, because I've said some very (laughs) bad things. Um, but the other person that's in her same boat is Asajj Ventress. Oh, that's true. That's another former Sith that we see. That although, would be interesting. Although I will say, you have not read Dark Disciple, have you? Oh, I have not. That's the Asajj Ventress Quinlan Voss novel. Mm-hmm. We know more of what happens to Asajj because of that novel. Oh, I didn't realize the timeline was post- um, original trilogy. It's not. Oh, okay. It that was supposed to. Oh, be... not original trilogy. The uh, prequel trilogy. Yes, that was supposed to be part of the last season of Clone Wars. Oh, okay, okay. Um, that that Matt that book was like made for you. Yeah, I'll have to read it. Yeah, it's it it's good. Uh, it's. I think it's one of the best Star Wars novels, in terms of doing interesting stuff with characters, uh, for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but you're right. I, I think Asajj is a is an interesting foil to uh, to Reva. Um. Let's see. What else I want to talk about? Did you expect more Qui Gon than we got, or did you expect about this much Qui Gon? About that much Qui Gon. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like that was uh, about the amount. I thought maybe there'd be a little bit more, but I was not surprised by minimal Qui-Gon. Yeah, I would I would have even, if he didn't even have a speaking role, I would have been like, yeah, that's that's what I expected. See, that I th- finally he's able to commune with his master. Yeah. See, I think that because McGregor and and um Liam Neeson are both very willing to be doing more Star Wars stuff. We're going to get more of those two together. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm fine with that. Again, I think that there's a story to tell with those two that doesn't touch Vader. I just 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 please no more Vader, folks. Please. You know, it, we haven't seen honestly since the tr- original trilogy other than you know han solo force ghosts play an impact in star wars like it it's in canon that luke's exile on um octu octu was essentially him hanging out with all the ghosts of jedi past um because there's the 
the canon book that is his journal of all the stories he was told by the dead Jedi. Um, but it, uh, we haven't seen that in play in the series. Well, we, so see Yoda, see that... we see Yoda as a force ghost in, oh, we do. in the last Jedi. That's right. Yeah. And he shoots lightning. Um, yes, exactly. Yeah. But so I could see that being a piece of an Obi-Wan series too. Uh, a season two. And I also see that being, do we think that's what Hayden Christensen's role is going to be in the Ahsoka series? I think the Ahsoka series is going to be similar to this in terms of his role. Okay. Where he's going to be in, he's going to be the one walking around in the Vader suit and we get a flashback or two of him with Ahsoka. And we've never seen live action Anakin and Ahsoka together. Well Well wait, when is the Ahsoka series taking place? He's dead already in that time, Oh you're right that you're right that it has to be flashbacks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. flashbacks or force ghosts. I don't know which. Right. Well that's Anakin as a force ghost is a really interesting idea for a bunch of reasons. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah. Overall, I mean, I, I, I think I am pretty. My critical lens for Star Wars is about as low as it is for anything save the MCU, which has my lowest critical lens. My MCU threshold for enjoyment is was there popcorn? And like, <laughs> if there's popcorn, I'm happy with the MCU essentially. But Star mm-hmm. Wars, I love Star Wars so much. It 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 is my comfort food in terms of pop culture stuff. So I, I am not as critical with some Star Wars stuff as a lot of people are, are out there. And so I think my opinion on Obi-Wan is a little bit less um, vitriolic than some folks out there. Mm-hmm. But I will say, I, I don't think it was a perfect show. I think that the joy of it, essentially, is just to watch Ewan McGregor do his thing. Yeah. Yes. Because he's great. And also- Mm-hmm. And also, I really like Young Leia too. She yes. was a, a surprise bright yep. spot. I didn't. That was unexpected. Now, I have said this to you guys in the past. The book Leia, Princess of Alderaan, is another one of the very good uh, new canon Star Wars books. I would love to see them adapt that with that actress. Mm. Like, give her cool. a year or two to age up, and then do that story. I think that could be very, very cool. Mm-hmm. Or just, or just stories like that. I, I do think there's a place for more young Leia stories. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. That's a big risk that they're going to take. I feel like they are more okay taking those risks on characters that don't feel as central to the entire Star Wars thing as Leia does. Mm-hmm. But you found a really perfect actress for her. Yeah. And uh, that fight scene was awesome. Which one? The uh, the final one on the uh, the rock outcropping stalagmite. Uh, yes, yes. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I thought that I thought that uh, that was great. I really did not expect Obi Wan to get the upper hand at all. I thought he was going to escape, not win. There's a big difference there. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, and, that, and that's the. The net the next time in canon we see him, he is just as sharp as ever combatively. So it's interesting. Um, you're you're referring to when we see him in Rebels, right? Uh huh. Yes, 
Absolutely. Yeah. I actually and it, oh, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 I I would just say it was very interesting and then the they they did shoehorn in the uh I did kill Anakin thing which as much as I think it's to paper over the um the line from the trilogy it really does play well with the Kylo Ren storyline that depending on which movie and how well it's written his goal is to kill Ben Solo and become Kylo Ren yes which he never achieves right that's that's a really good point actually yeah um, there is some imagery in the episode. I'm not going to say too much because Liz hasn't seen it yet, but there's some very Rebels-y imagery uh, in that last fight with Vader and uh, mm-hmm. Obi-Wan. And I-, I felt a little bit like, oh, man, I've seen that already. I, I-, I was hoping yeah. to see-, see-, see something new. But you also have to realize that, like, for I think for Disney, they don't consider the animation half as important as maybe Matt and I do. Mm-hmm. So they feel like if it didn't happen with actors on screen, it didn't happen. Yeah. And it's all, and the, the scene that was mirrored, I was, maybe it's just because I'm like a sappy anime nerd. It did not have the gravity of the other scene, but that will be for another podcast. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. Because that that is a gut wrenching scene. Yes, it is. Well, to me, to me, that is a scene of like sadness versus this was a scene of triumph. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's the difference yeah. there. Which might be why this scene makes less impact. Because yeah, once again, Obi Wan leaves. Anakin slash Vader dying, you know, but doesn't finish him off for the good of the galaxy. So, I don't know. There, there is, there is a conversation to be had down the road someday when I've watched this a few more times about Obi Wan's unwillingness to kill Anakin and whether that is a weakness or a purpose. Mm. But that's for another day, like you said. Yeah. So, uh, any other Obi Wan thoughts before we wrap up? Hmm. Thinking. How? I'm just. It's just, I'm trying to piece together everything again from the original movies, but like Palpatine is such a big piece of obviously, like it's the Sith strategy of taking over the universe, but Obi-Wan does not seem concerned with that, or I don't even know how much he realizes, I don't know. It's weird that, because the... The confrontation is always Vader specific, mm-hmm. but not Palpatine centered. But Palpatine is 
the root of all this evil? Well, I, I think when when for Obi Wan, when Order sixty six happens, it shatters his life in a way where he no longer cares about the big picture. Mm. But he is like he is so myopic because just his world is so shattered. And so the the way that he expresses that is through Anakin, right? Not through sort of the larger galactic issues. And yeah. I think I think part of the the beauty of the Obi-Wan character is also that like he is sent to Tatooine to to watch over Luke and he's almost Amelia Bedelia in the way that he does that, where, like, he refuses <laughs> to do anything else because he was told just, like, watch over Luke, right? And so I don't know if 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 it ever gets beyond that for him. Like, if, it, if, if he ever... If he ever thinks about anything beyond, like, his mission... And the things that directly relate to his mission. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I feel like my impression of him has always been. And as a character, at least to me, that's who he's always been. And the one thing that I, this series now tells us that got him to stray from that is that Leia needed help. Um, and that was obviously to be, you know, a challenge for him to, you know, leave Tatooine and leave Luke. Um and again, another reason why I, I, I'm hesitant to say, you know, this is a series that needs another season. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like if he's out there, if Obi-Wan is out there doing other things, I, why is he neglecting the larger picture? Mm-hmm. I, you know, it just... I, and again, it's hard because as a Star Wars fan, I really do want more stories with the characters I love which sometimes, and I know we've talked about this before, I feel is a fault of Star Wars is that we keep going to the same well. Right. Um, you know, and we could expand things in other ways. Um, yeah. But, I, you know, I, I feel like in some ways, you know, we should sort of leave Obi-Wan alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what are the odds if they have a season two that he dates Amy Sedaris? <laughs> <laughs> Well, maybe then that would be okay. They, they, would, they would have <laughs> to do needs to laugh a little bit. <laughs> they would have to do some deep fake te- technology to make her look like fifteen years younger than she does. Uh, and we know Star Wars loves deep fake technology, so mm-hmm. yeah. Liz, I just thought of an episode idea for us, and I'm gonna have to tell you off the air, but I'm very excited about it. But you're you're the linchpin to this episode idea I have. So okay. Uh, remind me when we're done recording to talk about it. That's a little tease for the listeners of uh, a fun idea I have for maybe uh, later this year or early next year. But anyway, uh, unless anyone has anything else they want to say, I think that that pretty much closes the book on season one, perhaps the only season of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Thank you for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with something else. And until then, remember, the Force will be with you always. 